You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we talk about donald fagan the nightfly in the room i got rob hey it's just me the rob <laughs> ben <laughs> and kyle on the line sup dudes uh the nightfly is the debut solo studio album by the american singer-songwriter donald fagan it was released october 1st 1982 by warner brothers records it was produced by gary katz and the genre is jazz pop pop rock and pop jazz and i'm going to read from all music review jason antke a portrait of the artist as a young man the night fly is a wonderfully evocative reminiscent of kennedy era american life in the liner notes donald fagan describes the songs as representative of the kinds of fantasies he entertained as an adolescent during the late 50s, early 60s, and he conveys the tenor of the times with some of his most personal and least obtuse material to date. Continuing in the smooth pop jazz mode favored on by the final Steely Dan records, The Nightfly is lush and shimmering, produced with cinematic flair by Gary Katz, romanticized but never sentimental the songs are slices of suburbanite soap opera tales of space age hopes and cold war fears crafted with impeccable style and sophistication all right what do we think of donald fagan the nightfly i thought it was awesome i hate it it's (laughs) the opposite of music i like what the fuck I wanted to like it. I did. As astronaut David Bowman once said, "My God, it's full of stars." <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear it, master. Let's hear this. Why this is a masterpiece? I never said masterpiece. Oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> Kyle did definitely did. I'll call it a masterpiece. I mean, yeah this this took a few listens, but um, you know, initially I was like, "This is great. Sounds like Steely Dan." I feel like if you gave me like a stack of st- unlabeled steely dan cds and snuck this one in i wouldn't know that it was a a donald fagan solo record until until you kind of break it down and uh one thing about steely dan is like they're i know i always focus on the lyrics but um they're often kind of obtuse and sardonic yeah this is all very earnest it sounds like donald fagan was maybe a little embarrassed after he recorded this and as Ben mentioned, um, stated that he's never listened to it since. I think that's a lie. And ran away from the public eye after yeah. experiencing panic attacks and anxiety that he had as a child. Donald Fagan's very introverted. 
And normally he is not writing about himself. Yeah. And this album is autobiographical. And and he, I think when he was making it after he released it, he feels very exposed. And, you know, uh, yeah, like re, uh, uh, recluse from the, the public eye. And uh, from what I read, he has not revisited this album to, to listen to it. He played that it in its entirety. With Steely Dan. Okay. So you think this is kind of like Rivers Cuomo after uh, Pinkerton? I, you know what? That I'm normally the one to throw down ridiculous <laughs> Weezer stuff. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have that. Of course, <laughs> I think that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I don't know. I I read every single lyric in this, and I don't know why he would have been so. Uh, I don't know. I think it felt so exposed. Well, I, I I think it's not necessarily the the material that he was releasing, but his own him personally. Like mm-hmm. I think that even though he doesn't say anything incriminating or embarrassing or anything on it, I think that he just feels that he put himself out there, mm-hmm. and that's way out of his comfort zone. Yeah, and, and without the uh, with without his writing partner. Like, yeah. you know, do, doing this by himself, that that's absolutely, like, incredibly exposing. Especially mm-hmm. for, like, a dude of, like, you know, like, that Steely Dan was selling out fucking, like, you know, arenas and shit. Like, that, that, you know, that that's a, that's a big jump. And coming off of, like, the, uh, the coke-fueled gaucho stuff, like, it's not as if, like, he wasn't bringing his own demons to this in the first place. And, like, yeah. I get that's it. wild. There's there's no demons on this record. <laughs> like, but it's, I think it, this it, 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 it's know. it's going from like you know an album based off a like Studio Fifty Four Coke dealer um, to uh, I've 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 experienced all of these like you know things, and so now I'm going to talk a little bit about you know what it was like for me as a, a young kid, and like yeah, I, I can get like it's a, it's reverting. It's not moving forward. It's going back. And then for it to hit as hard as it did, and all of a sudden, like, you're stuck, like, having panic attacks that you were having as yeah. a child. Like, it, it's weird. Like, I I could see that this would, this album would bring him nothing but pain. Or at least, like, oh, money. shit. Like, money pain. M- money pain, for sure. <laughs> but, like, you know, if, if this thing that you put down is causing your body physical distress, like, afterwards, like, what's that thing for golfers where they all of a sudden they can't make a, a hit anymore. And mm. like, it, it has a specific name, I don't know the but name. like once, like once you realize you're in that thing, you can't break it right forever. Like, I think it might have something to do with that as well. It's like, just like a writer's block. It's a block. Yeah. Of, and he yeah. had a shit ton of writer's block with yeah. this as well. You yeah. Some yeah. Right and then you can putt again. That is true. <laughs> and that's why all those golfers are high on peyote. Every fucking <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean the, the like the sauciest song on here is about taking a date down to like his dad's bomb shelter and making out. Dude, yeah. I, I love that one. Hey, and that was the single. You know? hey, Kyle, Kyle, uh, I'd never seen the music video for that before today. Uh, have you ever hey, seen that one? I watched it today. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. It's, it's great. It's a it's a great. It's got some cool animation in it. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. Is that I G Y? No, no, it's for New Frontier. Oh, that's right. Okay. I like this album on paper. Uh, I finally come okay. around to Steely Dan by Asia. 
begrudgingly. Yeah. yeah. I was I was drug around that corner and then I found myself a Steely Dan fan by Asia. I like I, I was into that uh, like that Steely Dan stuff and if you had told me like you know like uh, Don, Donald Fagan he like after Steely Dan split up he does this like introspective album, uh, autobiographical album, almost a concept album uh, of nostalgia. And it's all centered around, uh, you know, just like listening to the radio late at night. And that, that, that like the, 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 the enigma of like the late night jazz DJ. I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. But then I listened to it and it's enough not, Steely Dan was never my style of music. It, mm-hmm. Like I, I had to come around to Steely Dan, and I think that the Nightfly is just enough. Still not my style of music that I'm. I, I I haven't yet come around to it. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm missing Walter Becker's contributions. I don't know. But when I like when when you talk about the Nightfly to me, it sounds cool. But when I listen to it. It sounds like stuff that would have been on the cutting room floor of the Asia set uh, sessions. Oof, Ben, can I ask you a question? Yes. Did you listen with nice headphones? Oh yeah, the nicest headphones I had. I listened with the nicest headphones I had. I liked it with the nicest headphones I had, Kyle. I, <laughs> you, you and I are are, are fighting a a wave of. It the, sounded impeccable. Yeah, the the nicest headphones I have doesn't change the songs. No, I see what you're saying. Um, I, I feel like my thing with Steely Dan, and, and I got into Steely Dan in my early 20s just because I'd read about, you know, uh, their impeccable, mm-hmm. you know, recordings and, and how they have all these you know, 31 studio musicians. <laughs> like, yep. how some of these tracks have some drummer playing like a hi-hat and snare and some other drummer dueling like fills on the same song oh, like that's and, and and both of those drummers are the most sought after studio drummers in like LA and New York sure so I, I think what what I like about Steely Dan and especially about this record is just it's just so dorky <laughs> like Donald Fagan you know the, the dope ass cover I love the cover of this record it's just some nerd listening to you know, like jazz stuff late at night, and you listening to a jazz station. I thought he, I thought he was supposed to be the DJ in that. Uh, He's the DJ, but also the kid. He's the DJ and the rapper. My God, what his, have I done? So yeah, <laughs> at this point of his life, he is kind of like on the cover. It's him. It's a picture of Donald Fagan as a late night DJ. There's a club. Like he's. Got an old RCA microphone, smoking a cigarette. There's a clock behind him, shows it's after 4 a.m. It's 4.10. Then on the back cover is a black and white picture of a row of tract houses, and there's a single light on in one of the houses in the second floor. And it's like... That's Donald Fagan. It's like teenage kid trying not to wake his parents with his ear to the radio, listen to the late night DJ, which is also Donald Fagan as a kid. I think it, yeah. I think the artwork is, is the, like uh, the best the thing about really this. Cool. <laughs> yeah. is, is that the, uh, it's the really good. screenplay for uh, radio? No, stay away. Uh, what did you think of Ruby Baby? Let me, let I me fucking hated it. Hear your thoughts on oh. that, Kyle, because that song sucks. It's a horrible song. It's an awful. You hate it? Yeah, it's a Lieber okay, and Stoller Birch. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you asked. And I Dion did it. Yeah, and it sucks. Tell I was I was looking through uh, 
I was Googling Ruby Baby and trying to find some interesting stuff, and I ended up on a Telecaster discussion forum. <laughs> Uh-oh. Here where we go. Where people started, like, talking about the guitar changes and what chords uh, Fagan was playing and, you know, versus the original. And then it got in a giant fight <laughs> over, like, ten years. Like, people just... <laughs> popping in and fighting on this telecaster forum which i can send you guys i still have it saved please please, please. i want to hear some nerds fighting over clean guitar tones yeah so i just you know this stuff is just like i i i love that steely dana especially this record you know is once again we're getting into this one of the first cds you know that was pressed mm-hmm. in like 84 and it's they like, played this this album in, in hi-fi stores to you know to this demo is a the gear. fully digital recording. Are, are you trying to avoid the question about Ruby Baby? Because it's a terrible song. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, uh, I do have a star next to it, Burns. What are you oh doing, my God. Kyle? <laughs> it's strange because it's a cover. What, like, uh, uh, why do, is, do you think that there's like a sentimental reason why he chose he, to he cover? He loves this song. Yeah? Yeah, he really yeah. loved this song. Interesting. In all five and a half minutes of it, yeah. Jet just repeats "Ruby Baby," and it, it, it's it's very clean. It, it has the production quality, but it's it's just not a good song. It, it fits sounds the like time an frame of his nostalgia. It was written in class. 1956, so right. it fits right into like post-war making out in your parents' bomb shelter. Sure, like yeah. But no, I, I'm not into it. And Lieber and Stoller write classic songs, but I don't think Ruby Baby's necessarily one of them. Yeah. Okay. What do you guys think of the Nightfly? The song, the Nightfly. I like that one. It's, it's a fucking great song. yeah, yeah. It's probably the best or second best, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, the, the, he he does a twofer. He, New Frontier into Nightfly is uh, side two starts out pretty cool. Fucking incredible. So. Yeah, Kyle, you, you mentioned, yeah, like, so like, they're, they're digitally recording, so they can, they really can just uh, slice and dice at, at the mixing board at this point. So, yeah, he's recording multiple drum takes with different studio drummers. He'll like, he'll like the, the snare and hi-hat of one drummer, but the tom fills of another drummer. These drummers that he's chopping up their takes and, and making like a super take... These drummers are huge names. Like the one that he took the 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 uh, the rhythm from, but not the drum fills. That was Jeff Beccaro of like the of Toto yeah. that does uh, <laughs> like that does the Rosanna Shuffle. You know, like yeah. one of the best studio drummers of the eighties. He's yeah. like, yeah, but not your toms. Yeah, <laughs> I, I only use Hal Blaine's toms or whoever he has like, on that. You know? I don't. The amount of shit I care in the studio is. It, it, it's okay. It's a little bit. I really want to get out. I couldn't fucking imagine a eight months, eight months doing this shit, <laughs> and b picking apart individual fucking pieces on the drum. Yeah, and having the money to bring in oh, these yeah. gigantic <laughs> session dudes. Yeah, like I know I, we we fucking went crazy about like what he did to Michael McDonald on fucking peg with <laughs> yes. Asia. Mm-hmm, like, yeah, but like it doesn't change. No. Like he's just, I, that sort of perfectionist, like nature, like, I don't know if that is fucking cocaine fueled or just like hyper OCD. I don't fucking know, but it's crazy. That, it's that, crazy. that is a crazy person doing a thing. But at the same time, 
that's that's how you tune a that's how you tune an entire front of house room. I guess so. Like, yeah. I want to be one hundred percent honest here. I mean, with this record, like, it's sort of like the Apocalypse Now Hearts of Darkness thing, where like Apocalypse Now is a pretty good movie, but Hearts of Darkness is a, a documentary about the making of it, and it's way better. Like, what about the Redux? Oh, stop it! But I, I feel like. The more I learn about this record, it's more interesting to me. Yeah, I was gonna, um, yeah, it's much more interesting than listening to the album. Yeah, oh, no, <laughs> I, I totally, one hundred percent. I agree. The the yeah. recording and the the story behind this album is in the perfectionist mm-hmm. quality of recording is better than that. What you were saying about being such an OCD perfectionist just makes me hate this even more because this is <laughs> this is what he chose to spend so much time doing and it's like a soft jazz but it was still at the same time Whoa, it was, it was also me. exercising demons even though it's not yeah. necess- it, it by that exorcism you get soft jazz well it's just <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, like, <laughs> eight months like in the studio spot, but how, how, eight months in the studio but how much of that eight months was spent playing find the smell because oh that a, rat a, a while they they, a while. they they tore the carpeting out they they've eventually found a, a dead rat in the drain but yeah, to to get to the point where you're tearing out carpeting you've been playing find the smell for a while and is it, it kind of seems like that find the smell may have been fueled by something else <laughs> I, I I don't want to you know wasn't there and, another thing they were, they had to do like there there was like a a magnet. Outside the studio. Yeah, the fucking yeah. Uh, the, there, there was a hum coming from the bass, and it turned out that like, it was uh, the magnetized rails <laughs> from the subway. Yeah. Fucking yeah, I would rather watch an hour and a half documentary about the making of this record than listen to it. Man, but I would, I would if there had been video cameras rolling the entire time the making of this, oh my god, I, I would watch. I, I would watch twelve mm. hours. Pop some popcorn. Oh my goodness. Seriously. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really start out with the line yes we're gonna have a wing ding yes it does i just wanted to make also, sure. I, I have a bone to pick with everyone who who says they have such brilliant lyrics on this album no oh, I, no i don't, I don't think, think so I don't, I don't think that i read the lyrics no but no they're not many, as good as steely dan lyrics many many people say these are some of the most brilliant lyrics and there's no way. And you know what I think that is? That's uh, just... I, I think it Those is, are Dan fans? Uh, it, it, the, Dan fans for sure, but a lot of the critics as well. And I think that has more to do with the critics coming of age. Mm. at the, And they're also looking right. back at... I also like, remember making out in a bomb shelter. I remember making out in a bomb shelter. And man, Kendi was all right too. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I think a lot of it is critical nostalgia 
which just happened to the people who are writing about this are coming up at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. But no, yeah. I, I think these lyrics are, are, are dog shit. As far They're as sung. I did, I did not say dog they shit. They are sung beautifully, though. As far as Dan he lyrics. He is a wonderful singer. Wasn't it Becker, Walter Becker, that was making like most of the sardonic. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inclusions. Yep. Sanded off those edges here. Yeah. So like if you're really into Steely Dan, but like. Which was only half. Yeah, listen to the Nightfly. Yeah, I just don't want to. I don't want, no, to, I don't I want to be any part of this. I can tell. This, this just drives me crazy. This is like the opposite style of music I like. And also, you're talking about how good his singing is. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's got that studio quality to it. But I hate the doubling of the vocal the chorus like doubling of those vocals really like every single song has that i mean i didn't like it with steely dan that much either it just this is just not my music this is not nowhere near anything i want to listen to totally respect it totally on board for someone doing you know their own thing in the room i know but i was reading this is pop jazz i was reading and someone said (laughs) They're like, I like this because it's jazz for the amateur listener. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds like a dig on yourself. That's fair. But I, was, I mean, these guys played big shows. But they know? were kind of like. This is jazz with the hard eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lowercase j. Hard eye. Hard eye. Um, it just has these interesting chord changes. It has these, you know, little elements that it, it's it's true. It doesn't go off on noodling with. It does sometimes, uh, I will say, in the songs, but it doesn't go off on these long tangents and it keeps it more pop progressive jazz elements. I don't know. This still feels to me like something like where I am on a boat and I wake up. No. And this yacht like, rock. And I'm just like, God damn it, my brain. More so than. And then I, I, I pound five Bloody Marys and I feel OK. And then we go down to the casino and we have a great time, Birch. Yeah. This is Yacht Rock. This is completely Yacht Rock, yeah, yes. Definitely. Yes, it is. Uh, okay. At least New Frontier is definitely Yacht Rock. Yeah, def- uh, definitely more than Simple Minds was. Cut. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to play along with this stuff Ooh. for funsies, mm-hmm. and I, I, found oh, yeah. a, uh, I found a website that had, like, the chord changes and whatever, and um, IGY, they'd taken the video down, so, like, I was just looking at the chord charts themselves, and they're were 11 chord changes before it repeated and when it repeated it just went back to a seven chord which let uh, like they throw a lot of seventh chords in there don't they seventh and ninths and like it's interesting it, it it's enough it it allows enough interesting things into my into my brain that I don't normally get in there uh, with the, the tunes I listen to like it makes me more excited to go back and listen to older jazz stuff with this pop element of it. Yeah. It, it allows me to go, Oh, and maybe that's just because I looked up the, uh, the charts really, you can cut this entire thing out no, no, <laughs> if, if you'd like. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it's, it's incredibly complex pop music. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would say that's the, the best quality about it is that it, it, it is this progressive element to pop music that just runs the gamut of, of pushing pop music to, you know, to jazz, to progression and, and adding all these little quirky things, including the sardonic lyrics and 
things like that. I get, you know, where it's going. It's just, it's so softy, soft, and it's so controlled. And I get that's the point, but at the same time, it, it feels like there's no emotion. The, the drums feel like there's not one timber off, which is great. They did it. Yeah. But I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, it sounds very much like you're kind of having the same problem uh, with this record that I did with uh, uh, the last record. What? Madness? Madness? Simple Minds? No, not, I'm sorry. Simple Minds. Simple Minds? Where I just, I loved everything about that band and then there was just no edge. There was just nothing I could connect to. Like Bono, like the edge from you two. Mm. <laughs> they didn't sound enough like you two. <laughs> oh, I connect with Bono, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, but New Frontier and Nightfly is I, I could listen to both of those songs back to back, like on the radio, and it wouldn't bother me like one they day. They sure did have a wing thing. Yeah. Oh, Man, I wish every time that I I agree with you, Rob. I, I love those two songs back to back. Yeah. Of all of the four records that we covered this week, uh, this one comes in, I think, at the uh, the less long. What's the shortest? The shortest, yeah. Th- 38 minutes and uh, 46 <laughs> seconds. That's wild. Yeah. Because uh, it seems like forever for me. <laughs> it was nominated for, I believe, seven to eight Grammys, and each one of the ones it was nominated for, Toto 4 swept. That's what he gets for taking away Jeff. That's yep. what he gets for taking away Jeff Percaro's toms. Yeah. Uh, wow. e- e- like even the uh, the the best production, like Toto Four, uh, got that too. Did you say the Grammys? Yeah, I said the Grammys. Woof. I know, say it again, Grammys. I know that uh, you know Steely Dan has a reputation for being a recording musicians band, but Toto very much. Toto's pretty good. They like they're the. Isn't it just like, isn't everyone in Toto? Oh. Like, they're all studio guns and they're like, we should just be a band. So pro. Yeah. yeah. And they went on to do the Dune soundtrack. Yeah. It's just, it's Hell a yeah, room. Toto is a room full of ringers for better or worse. Yeah. I. And Toto 4 was the big one. That was the one with like Africa and Rosanna and stuff oh, on yeah. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're going to lose to Toto, might as well be Toto 4. No one's tuning in a stereo to Toto 4, though. I bet some people do a stereo to Toto. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone go Birch, on the forums you right now. <laughs> tune your stereo to Toto 4? Uh, no, ACDC Back in Black was was a big... Because uh, I wanted that bass punch. I wanted a little... You know, I like rock and roll, so I, mm-hmm. I kind of tuned it as a rock. Uh, those JBLs are, are hitting some uh, rock and roll there. I bet there's some, some front of house dudes out there that tune a sound... Uh, 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 Tune their sound system to Rosanna. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Uh, actually, what I read was a lot of uh, front of house dudes tune uh, the sound to this record. I only tune to Einen Strassen Neubatten. Do you uh, really, Rob? <laughs> yes. I don't believe you. <laughs> when uh, when uh, I used to, when I was out uh, and Will Peppel for a while was doing sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would ring out the room and tune the drums to uh, Tom Petty, You Don't Know How It Feels. Wow. The drums in that song are so crisp and clear, and they're isolated. When they're playing, like, they're playing when no one else is playing. In okay. Measure. Yeah. So you can just really get a room ready for some drum sounds. Nice. Good I, job, Will. I did yeah. think it was uh, interesting that they 
they were debating on whether or not to record this on, you know, purely digital, go with tape. And they did a test where they did the tape, the digital, and the live performance all at the same time. They just kind of synced it all up, mm-hmm. and they did A, B, you know, blind test. Pepsi challenge. Pepsi it's like challenge. how the room was filmed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Tommy Wiseau is, is the a, Donald Fagan of... That is a of, great uh, reference. Like the room. It's like, <laughs> is, it, is it going to be film? Is it going to be digital? Of so, course. There's only one way to find yeah, out. Yeah, let's do them all. We have to record both at the same time. Uh, but what they determined is that you could definitely tell a difference with uh, the tape, um, and you couldn't tell a difference from just live and the digital. So they just interesting like, said digital. And the, that didn't work out so well for a while. No, they had some problems. <laughs> they had to send... The, 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 the equipment was so <laughs> cutting edge and new that they were <laughs> having troubles with... with uh, I forget what the name of the machine was. 3M. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, they had to get guys from 3M out to to like uh, they're just on call, right? To sync out to, to sync up the machine, and then eventually they uh, I don't know if it was Gary Katz, but a, a few of the engineers they sent them to Minnesota to train at 3M so they could, so they would so they wouldn't have to keep on sending for people to fix their gear. Right. Like just go out, take the training course at 3M, so we can. Fix the gear. Meanwhile, we'll be searching for the smell. We'll all regroup and we will lay down some more tracks. I have got four drummers playing the song at the same time. I'm going to use his hi hat. <laughs> Whose hi hat are you using? Ringo's. I'm using Ringo's hi hat. Yeah, I just don't know what to think about this kind of music. It just, I, I know the, the thing about it though is I know this is not Christopher Cross. Who I hate, I hate Christopher Cross. I mean, that is the epitome for me of like just bad yacht rock. What if you woke up on a boat? No, I'd rather listen to Scott, like or OG ska dub, like uh, other music. This does not like chill me out. This music is just <laughs> irritates you. I can irritating <laughs> to me because it feels so sterile. Like if Asia was an option, mm, throw dude. that on. The band Asia, because there's some buggles. <laughs> there's some buggles in Asia. I'm last of the night fly. Hello, Baton Rouge. Won't you turn your radio down? Respect the seven second delay we Say something that Ann, a joke that Ann made about this, and she says it sounds like the background music to a Christian singles event. (laughs) She's not wrong. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. (laughs) If this album had the album cover of a new gold dream. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. We should yeah, just, I put some, we should uh, I put some nice and, and put it at your, Presby, your, your Presby, mom's Presby. Just Presby 92, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Simple Minds, sounds like Fagan. 
Yeah, I, I put this album on. I, I put on some really good headphones and I put them on Claire for a second. I was like, what do you think of this? Like during a banging marimba solo. Oh, <laughs> oh you mean synth marimba. She said it's not my thing. I agree with my dear sister. She also said, I know you turned 40 and started listening to Steely Dan, but I haven't yet. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. She speaks that bustle truth. Correct answer. It's never going to be for me. This isn't for me. They got me with Asia. They got me with Asia. What if if we got on a boat, Birch? I you you keep making this boat argument, but there's I don't understand. Jimmy Buffett on his boat. Kyle. There's a thousand other albums I'd rather listen to. A thousand this. rap. Yeah. Okay. Uh. The 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 boat argument comes into. Uh, if it was on, would I jump off the boat? And yeah. No. And swim. We're, 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 it's we're, not your boat. We're talking. No. In my, <laughs> let me tell you about my boat. Okay, let's let's go. My my boat is five days. Mm-hmm. You've been drunk for five days, and every oh day you God. wake up and it's like, oh God damn it! So Vegas, yeah. Okay. Okay. So so if this comes on with a with, with a a just a royal hangover that you know is going to take at least eight beers until you feel like a normal human, mm-hmm. this is going to be problematic for you in boat fashion. Yeah, I'm imagining it because because it irritates you enough that it's the the fucking walk between raindrops and Ruby Baby. I would I would you have picked two <laughs> songs out of crazy. one, two, three, four, five, six. Also, you, Green Flower Street. Green Maxine? Flower Street's fucking rappy, no. and Maxine gets two stars next to it. I would just be like, if I no. woke up on someone else's boat, I've been partying. Four or five days. Yeah. Wake up. Hurting real bad. Hurting real bad. Stumble out of my cabin. And someone... And Ruby hand, Ruby's on? Someone, so ha- good. someone hands me a mojito or a, a, or a screwdriver uh, or, or, uh, or some kind of breakfast cocktail. And the night flies playing. And then I come up to the deck and the sun's out. And the hangover kind of goes away because you're drinking it away. And the night flies fine. It, it, for, it, that, that's my boat situation. It's fine. And Wait, which I am song okay are you talking about fine. then? Hmm? The entirety of which, the record. Yeah. Because if you walk out to International Geophysical Year, track one, you're going to have fun on a boat. No, no, seriously. But that, if, it, that, if it's Ruby Baby on repeat or Walk Between the Raindrops on repeat, yeah, I, I can't I can't stick with that, that boat, like, metaphor the, or and, whatever the, the fuck. And the same, the same hungover on a boat metaphor... If I woke up hungover on a boat and they're playing Jimmy Buffett, I'm swimming to shore. Okay. Yeah, I would rather just drown. Mm. <sighs> Birch, what did you think about this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can tell you what two people uh, on the internet thought of this record. <laughs> I would love to hear it. <laughs> when the question was posed, why do people hate Steely Dan? These were the answers. Uh, one from David James. Musically, and especially lyrically, Steely Dan is as good as it gets. The late Walter Becker and his partner Donald Fagan were both musical geniuses. Don't deny. Anyone who doesn't appreciate their body of work doesn't deserve to call themselves a music fan. If you're hanging out with friends who don't appreciate these two guys, it's time to look for some new ones. Mm. 
you know what? Fuck that guy. Mm. Yeah, that's a, oh, that's a guy who doesn't have very many friends. All right. No. All right. Yeah, second. this guy doesn't know what a friend nerd, is. Man. Second take, Dave yeah. Adams. Uh, when oh, asked, no, wait. Was that somebody actually listened to our podcast? No, no. It is not. Okay. Uh, when asked, if so, I do not retract my statement. Why do uh, people hate Steely Dan? Dave Adams says, they don't know great music when they hear it. They're simple-minded when it comes to music, and they probably like rap or hip-hop or the mindless Oof. dribble that passes for music th- these days. That's anyone with short-sighted, man. <laughs> anyone with any amount of musical appreciation and objectivity would find it impossible to hate a band as talented and creative as Steely Dan. That comment just put me off Asia. <laughs> I yeah. now hate Asia. You know you don't get out of here. We had just gotten to, so just far. To, just to prove that guy wrong. Uh, I will say there was a great article, in, I think it was the LA Times, that, and the title was just called uh, Steely Dan Fans Are Assholes. And then it was like, I'm one, I'm one of them. <laughs> and it, it was basically explaining Steely Dan fans will talk your ear off about Steely Dan and they're terrible people. And... Punishers, and they're one and all. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, you know, he he's one of them. He's he's part of the the group. Ben, I remember the first time I tried to have a conversation about Steely Dan with you. It was at the gathering of the Chuckleheads. <laughs> that was, I believe, before we covered. No, we covered some Steely Dan last year, right? Oh, I don't think we had made because it. before this was like before this, was this like podcast, July nineteen ninety. No, my I mean, hatred for Steely Dan was just an easy blanket statement. This yeah. podcast has definitely complicated things for me because I've been finding things that I, I truly do like. Yeah. Uh, so when was when in my 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 journey with Steely Dan? Uh, when did this conversation fall? Did I hate him? Gathering of the Juggalos, twenty nineteen. I don't believe um, that we had listened to any Steely. I Dan probably yet. fucking hated him then. Yeah. 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 I, and I was like, hold up, mm. Asia. No, Asia's great. All Gaucho. Right. Also very good. Gotcha. We, we, ne- we, we never got to it. Yeah, I need to get into Wasn't that. there for that. Though, you know, the Nightfly, I would rather just listen to Asia. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't need to listen to the Nightfly. I think that uh, Walter Becker apparently is a good contribution to this band. Hell yeah, he is. Yes, he's missed, for sure. Because, uh, yeah, like, uh, if the difference... Because Donald Fagan's using a lot of the same studio guns as Steely Dan used... If the yep. big difference between Nightfly and Steely Dan is just the absence of Walter Becker, then I think that it, it, he's very missed. The, the the there there's a gap there. I don't hate 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 the Nightfly. In fact, I really wanted to like it, but it's just it's just it is not for me. I only liked two songs on this eight song record. I can't even go neutral on this. And yeah. those two songs are awesome. They're good. They're good yeah. songs. There's no, there's no Deacon Blues on this record. There is no there is Deacon not. Blues on this record. There is no Brown Cow. Peg. Mm-hmm. Peg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Deacon Blues. Black I cow. still wake up with, with Black Cow. Yeah. I still wake up with Deacon Blues stuck in my head. Can we all do a Peg? Peg. 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 <laughs> what do you think of this, Kyle? I fucking love this record. What are you talking about? <laughs> Love every track on this. I've listened to my headphones like five times. Amazing. <laughs> uh, all right, positive from Kyle. I'm obviously strong negative for me. It just oh. this this music irritates me, and people 
the fact that someone spent so much time and this was the the, the result of that. Oh no! It it kind of even like it adds a little salt to the to the to the wound already. It's like this isn't my style, but then to learn like someone, it's like when uh, some a classical composer is like, I spent a year, you know, making this, and then you're just like. No, not even oh, like no. no way. I want to listen to this. Uh, yeah, I actively dislike it, and I, I, I don't even like that. I, this is like the third, fourth time I've listened to it. I don't want to listen to it anymore. <laughs> I just want to forget about it. Oh my god! I totally respect the the. You are um, salting the earth. I mean, I I respect his like willingness to like go for his what is perceived to be, you know, like a perfect record or to his perfectionism is astounding. His pursuit for yeah. perfection is very impressive. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's nothing short of interesting. Yeah. What do you think? I'm glad I heard it. Um, I will pass it up in the uh, bins when I'm crate digging. <laughs> okay. Oh, but total positive. Pick up, pick up a, co- a copy for Kyle. Total positive. Uh, yeah, Kyle, if you don't have one, I'll, I'll if I find one, I'll send it up with you with the virtual boy. Claire will love it. Um, Thanks, bro. But no, like, I, I like Claire will uh, not love it. Hey, she'll, she'll, be, she'll be forty in three short years, four short years. I liked six of the eight <laughs> songs very much. Oh, and um, the two that I didn't like, I like didn't like a lot, but. Sans Ruby Baby and Walk Between the Raindrops. I th- I think this record has a lot to lot to give. Um, if you are open to like sunglasses, pool, bloat, yeah, just a a a, 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 a a bloated 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 red boy uh, <laughs> with, with, with uh with, with some some OJ and. Uh, vodka and a bunch of Miller lights like that that that's where this exists for me it's where I would be happiest listening to it and I hope in fact I get to that place yeah it's a lot to unpack yeah so you say next time we're at the gathering we'll just be bumping the nightfly and just oh dude nightfly in uh, in in Asia absolutely if we ever go back to the gathering of the jugglers we're going there with a fucking stereo system blasting that shit let's be the let's, let's be the 40 somethings that wake up really early 40 something yachties yachties and yeah. just start blasting yacht rock oh, at fuck, like yeah. 5 30 a.m yeah and fuck in, your sleep uh, fireworks yes. perhaps you'd like a mimosa oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah let's dude I'm into it I'm into it what we got going on next week, Birch? All right, next time we'll be talking about Haircut 100, Pelican West. Finally. All right, oh. thanks, y'all. Oh, thank, thank goodness we finally got to Haircut 100. Thanks for the maker. <laughs>